0: Learn more at marines.com. com. Hello again, hockey fans. Are you ready to Brave the Wild with me, your host, Aladino Joey Hawajin? Well, it is episode number 42 of Brave the Wild today, which is Friday, March 12th, 2010. Thank you for downloading and listening to Brave the Wild, which is available on the and on iTunes. Thank you each and every one of you always for joining the show. Thank you very, very much indeed. Brave the Wild is available on the SportsStuff dot com as mentioned and it's also there's also a link to it on minnesota.nhlfansite.com minnesota.nhlfansite.com do give that site a look let's continue it is available via link that is on that site not exactly hosted but <laughs> we'll just move on now with the actual subject of the day well there isn't much in the area of news but there is a lot of stuff to talk about in general uh the play of the team has absolutely taken a turn for the worst i mean in fact it's gotten to this point what, this is beyond belief it's uh it's just i'm pretty much speechless right now and that's not good when you're the host of a show is it but it's getting to that point i'm borderline speechless at how poorly the wild have played and uh if if i'm a betting man it's over any hope of any making any playoff run is Long gone by now. I mean, it's over, folks. There's almost no doubt at this point. And i got to tell each and every one of you just how thrilled I am that I, uh, on the previous show, episode number 41 of Brave the Wild, that I so intelligently said, the Minnesota Wild, we're bound for a nice little run here in the month of March, and who knows, maybe they'll make a shot at the postseason. (laughs) I mean, I couldn't have been more wrong. I couldn't have been more wrong. Things looked so encouraging. It was more or less the Calgary Flames, though, when you look in hindsight, didn't show up to play that game for whatever reason. They just did not show up to play. Uh, Nicholas Backstrom has been playing better, and I'm going to continue to say that. He has improved. He's been playing probably, most for the most part, his best hockey since, uh, all year, really, ever since returning from the Olympic break. It's been nice But Nicholas Backstrom, but the overall play of the Wild, the... Effort or lack thereof, the execution, more than anything, or lack thereof, has been beyond. <laughs> has been beyond belief. It it just, it's baffling. It's uh, it's absolutely baffling. Um, it's what can I say? I mean, I want to come on here and talk about it, yet at the same time, it's so bad. I <laughs> I'm having a hard time here. I really am. I mean. The Wild, did you really think the Wild were going to lose a home game to the Edmonton Oilers? Did you really? Excuse me, a road game to the Oilers. No, it was a home game against Florida. That was the home game. That was uh, insanely ridiculous. Uh, Yeah, a road game to Edmonton, but still, what was that? What was that? They only gave up 23 shots in the game against the Edmonton Oilers, and they couldn't, the Wild could not beat the Edmonton Oilers. Hello? And then the Florida game—that's uh, the third of the four games we're going to review today. Of course, every single one of them losses. Uh, both uh, two of them were shootout losses, so we got two points out of it. I'm just—I'm just so excited that we got our two points. <laughs> it's just so awesome, <laughs> especially when you—you're leading two nothing against Florida really early in the game at home. Uh, you got to think the game's over. You got to think the Wild are going to win that game. Oh no, no, they're not going to win it. No. They're not going to win it. It's against the rules. You know, it's, whoa, whoa, we better stop here. The Bilderberg Group paid off the wild to lose this one. I mean, that, that's about, <laughs> that's about, that's about what it looked like. I mean, it's nine shots on goal. Suck. Are you kidding me? I just. Nine shots on goal. I, I can't even. How does that happen? How does that happen? I mean, were they drunk? Were they asleep? Was the, uh, I I just, did they put their skates on backwards? I mean, what the, what the hell was that? I I just, mm. yeah, this is just a, just a little different situation right now than I, that I'm used to. I mean, even as, this has not been a very good team the past two years, and even the year the Wild won the division, that was one of the weakest division championships probably in the history of the National Hockey League. One of the weakest, not the weakest. I mean, you got the, uh, what, the NHL, uh, Eastern Conference, uh, the South Division in the Eastern Conference. That one has been really weak over the years. At times, very good when Carolina's been good or Type of Bayard, all that good stuff. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, speaking of that, uh, huh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Speaking of the Southern, the South Division in the, uh, Eastern Conference, yeah, mm-hmm, Florida, yeah, oh, but I'm, I'm just saying, yeah, it was a really, a really weak division championship anyway, two years ago, um, so you thought we had the pieces to, to go somewhere, I just, I'm just, uh, yeah, these are virtually unreviewable games, I mean, they're that bad, especially the Detroit game and the Florida game, and the Calgary game, oh, and the, okay, yeah, they're all unreviewable, it's, but I guess I'm going to do the best I can to, to attempt to review them. Before I do that, though, i got to mention, Brave the Wild does have a Twitter. It is twitter.com forward slash brave the wild. Twitter.com forward slash brave the wild. Please give me a follow on there. I would appreciate it very much. And that's the end of that topic for now. Well, the Wild right now has one player that's scoring goals right now, for the most part, and his name is Guillaume Latandres. I also now... Uh, affectionately call him the Lumberjack. And it's like, thank God we have him. Seriously, he's one of the only pieces we got. I mean, he scored both of the goals against the Calgary Flames. He is playing fantastic hockey. Yeah, the Wild lost 5-2 to two to Calgary. Um, getting a tiny bit ahead of myself, but it doesn't really matter at this point. You know, I mean, they're all the same. I mean, <laughs> they're all the same, right? They're all games that were played very poorly, and we lost. Can you really look me in the face... With a straight face and tell me the Wild played well in any of these four games? Can 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 you do that? I can't. I just don't think you can. Uh, yeah, I have a little bit different tone of voice today, don't I? <laughs> um, because this is this is just maddening. I can't. I can't even believe. I just can't believe it. So let's just continue here. Uh, yeah, what a fun game indeed. Well, Ryan Patalny finally showing up. Yeah, there's a couple of Minnesota connections with the Edmonton Oilers. Ryan Patalny, a member of the Edmonton Oilers. Oh, how exciting. He was the second, uh, Oiler to attempt in the shootout. <laughs> Patrick O'Sullivan was the first. Yeah, Minnesota Wild, second round pick, traded to the LA Kings with a first round pick for Dimmy. Yeah, Dimmy, as in Dim Everything. Pavel Dimitra, who is lazy in comp- you know, talented, but extremely lazy. And a lot of uh, hockey experts will tell you that. Stortini, I just love saying his name. He was able to assist on Mike Comrie's goal, which opened up things for Edmonton early. And it's just, oh boy. You know, I mean, you figure whatever. They got one goal. We'll be okay. We whooped Calgary just two nights ago. Of course, now this was Friday. This was last Friday. Just to kind of give you an update of what the Sam Hill I'm talking about, Hill I'm talking about. Friday, the 5th of March in Edmonton, Alberta. It's a beautiful place. No, I hear it's not a beautiful place this time of year, but in the summer it's really nice, kind of like Minnesota, I guess, in that sense. Yeah, it's been a the the, the weather this week, folks. For those of you that do live in the that do live in uh, Twin Cities, I know a lot of lots of you out there that don't. Uh, some Canadians listening, uh, Chris Porter, really really cool people listening that aren't from Minnesota. Thank you again for that. Uh, but yeah, the ones those of you that do. This has been one of the gloomiest weeks in the history of my lifetime, and probably a lot of other people's too. I mean, extremely foggy, really dark, really damp, but the snow's melting like crazy, so they, when it all moves away, it'll be like, oh, okay, that was a transition period, I guess. That's basically what it's been, but yeah. To get to the point, which I'm sure some of you would ap- would appreciate, Uh, Yeah, the dark, murky, depressing look. Yeah, that's the Minnesota Wild right now. That's the way their season is heading in a very, very quick fashion. I mean, this is like when a stock just crashes. I mean, absolutely crashes. There was a little uptrend, and then it had a little jerk up, you know, like a head fake, I guess, that they use in the stock market. That's a stock term. It had a head fake. It went up really good one day for a a little bit, and then... Just absolutely hit a ceiling and broke its neck and fell 99 stories. That's basically what it's like, you know. It's uh, unbelievable. It's <laughs> oh, and by the way, who do you think scored the goal for the Minnesota Wild? Is of course the Wild and Edmonton were one to one midway through the second period. Guillaume undress. the lumberjack, rescues the Wild. We're very happy for that. Andrew Ebbett and Greg Zanon, two guys you almost never. Here, hardly. And in, in the box store, of course. Greg Zanin, a nice, solid defenseman. We like him. He's physical. He's aggressive. He's he's a, he's a nice player. And Andrew Ebbett's a nice, quirky, uh, fourth-line center for the Wild. He actually, uh, he's one of the few guys that actually showed up and did a decent job this past week. Uh, very happy with Andrew Ebbett, to be honest. And, of course, Yamlat yeah, Andres. Yeah, well, the news last night, not so good about him, unfortunately. I mean, it's just like, can anything go right right now for this team? Yeah, Backstrom with a lower body injury—you just love the vagueness there. Ended up being a groin, apparently. That's really healthy for a goalie, by the way. When it's a groin injury, that sucks. Um, but just the frustration is just uh, at an all-time high right now. Um, As of course the uh, the third period was non-descript. For the most part, uh, you know, there was a little back and forth, but there weren't chances that looked all that great. I mean, there weren't any spectacular chances. Mike Comrie scored the goal for the uh, the Oilers to, to get the lead, and he got the goal that ended it after about, gosh, how many rounds? About, uh, looks like eight rounds in the, in the shootout. Uh, the Wild did have six chances on goal. Edmonton had zero. Wild could not capitalize. The teams both had 23 shots on goal apiece in regulation, which is very weak for the Wild. only get 23 shots against Edmonton. Um, Ridiculous. Just ridiculous. Could not get it done. Six shots on goal in overtime, as mentioned. A very short time. Only five minutes, of course. 4-on-4 hockey. Very open play. Edmonton, again, as mentioned. Zero shots on goal, and the Wild can't win it. They can't win the game. Like Comrie was able to bury bury in a nick, uh, Backstrom. Unfortunately, Guillaume LaTondres could not save the Wild. It was Comrie and LaTondres basically. That was the deciding factor in the entire game. Comrie scored the goal in regulation. LaTondres scored the goal in regulation. Comrie scored a goal in a shootout and LaTondres could not. It was a nice stop by I keep forgetting how to say his name. I mean, every time I watch the game and I hear it I think I'm going to I should record it or something. (laughs) God dang it. I hear it a million times during the game. Uh, I'm just going to call him de jures. That's what it looks like in a way, but I know it's completely different. I know it sounds totally different. I keep forgetting how to say it. Um, I don't watch 82 games of Edmonton Oilers hockey. just thought I'd l- let you guys know that. Yeah, I care about the Oilers because they're a division rival, but just saying. Um, he's a pretty new player to me. I mean, I, <laughs> I'll just be honest with you on that one. The Wild do not win the game. Surprise, surprise. Oilers have some familiar names, as mentioned, though, Ryan Bertonley, Patrick O'Sullivan, Ray Whitney as well, Um, Stortini, I always like to say that name, and he's a pretty good player, too, Uh, always always shows up when the Wild plays against Edmonton, always does, every time the Wild plays Edmonton, Stortini, (laughs) shows up, so I'm going to finally get off this game and move on, I had my rant, now it's the game reviews, (laughs) let's just continue here before this gets to be too long in one game, not gonna read any quotes. Just move on. Not even worth it. Minnesota and Calgary on Sunday. You think, okay, well, it was a four nothing victory for the Wild against the Edmonton Oil uh, Calgary Flames on Wednesday the third. So now it's a home game against Calgary. Now if we can win in Calgary four 0 nothing, just just pound them basically. And uh, Calgary just laid an egg in that game, raised the white flag early. Well, the Wild go down about as early as it's gonna get. A home game against Calgary, you think we're going to win? No, we're not going to win. Uh, it's been a nice, fun time that, uh, been a nice stretch of over a year, I believe, since, uh, if I'm looking at it correctly. Been about a year since, uh, Jerome McGinley even scored against the Wild. Well, that's, that's over too. And this was a nice way to celebrate your 400th consecutive sellout, too. It really was a nice way to do it. 19 seconds into the game, Renee Bork of my second favorite team. I'll, Admit, second favorite team since 92, 91, whatever, when I started watching the North Stars at the tender age of 12, 13-ish. 19 seconds into the game. Quickest goal against the Wild at home in team history. Todd Richards' comment is we're already chasing them there. Them there, 19 seconds into the game. I like that way that came out. Well, what's even better is uh, Mark... Giordano from Jerome McGinley and Rene Bork. Rene Bork is all over this game along with Jerome McGinley. Oh, oh, is he ever. And, uh, yeah, less than three minutes into the game. It's two nothing Calgary. Are, are you kidding me? I remember how this plagued the wild really early in the season. Well, not really early, but early, you know, October, November, it plagued the wild in a big way. Um, they started playing a little better in December, a little better in January and such. Well, they're back to the old ways again. They're just uh, getting creamed early and often. A lot to undress, keeps the wild in the game, literally the midpoint of the game. And Nice play, him and Havlett working together yet again in that play. But then Jerome McGinley goes to work with his first of three goals, <laughs> the hat trick. Yeah, Jerome McGinley gets a, a hat trick. So much for the... Uh, the Ginla curse going away. This is when you know the Flames are going to get the Wilds' number again, real quick. Because Jerome McGinla had a hat trick in this game. 2 to 1 game, the Wild have hope, but then again, after a nice stop by uh, Backstrom, Ginla exploding towards Backstrom. It was already a 3 to 1 game, but then, yeah, as mentioned, Baxter making some spectacular saves against Ginla on a couple of plays. But it's like you knew one's going to go through sooner or later. Yeah, I mean, another anyway. And boom, there it went. This was after Latan Dress made it 3-2 to again with his power play goal. Jerome McGinley scores, and then he scores again five minutes later on an empty netter at the end of the game to complete the hat trick and just forget about it. An absolutely uh, absolute butt-kicking by Jerome McGinley and Renee Boric pretty much just kicked the Wilds' butt this game. In a big way. Just destroyed him. And that top line by the uh, Calgary Flames looking pretty good in this game as well, by the way. Renee Bork, Joe and Mark Giordano. Those guys are, those guys work pretty well together. Um, the wild thought they have, the wild at times have, have that going and sometimes they just don't. Uh, what a weird game. Just a weird, ugly game. The wild absolutely. The energy just taken out of the building early, and it didn't really come back. I mean, Locked undress made us believe for a while there, but then once again, let's started going to work. It was like, forget about it. Absolutely forget about it, especially that second goal. That was devastating. Absolutely devastating. Uh, Greg Zanin's comment on it. I don't know if there's a goalie in the, league, in the world, in the league, that would have stopped that one. That was his comment. Yeah, that second goal was pretty devastating stuff. Uh, that was the absolute icer. The absolute icer. Aginla uh, hadn't scored a goal against Minnesota since March twenty second, 2008. Yes, that's actually been two years. Excuse me. Yeah, it's, it's been a nice run for the while against Aginla. But the Aginla curse is back. And the sad part is he had a hat trick in that game as well. His quote is, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't... I mean, if I, I'd be lying if I said I was aiming those. He also says, yeah, I mean... Had assist in the game. But uh yep, I was <laughs> I was really just trying to hit them hard. And fortunately they came off the right way. So he wasn't even really trying. That's funny. Yeah. That's his comment right there. Great. Um just great. Terrific stuff. has mentioned it. Both goals. Wild were twelfth place uh, in, in into the game and then they dug an even bigger hole behind the flames in Detroit because uh yeah. The Flames obviously won that game, and Detroit won, and the great part is the Wild go to Detroit later in the week and lose there as well. So it's like the playoff run is completely over for the Wild. Uh, Playoff chase, excuse me. Richards, quote, the final of the game, definitely making it harder. Talking about that playoff hopes. But I don't doubt this team. The players have shown over and over that dealing with adversity or bleak circumstances, they have been able to come through. I'm definitely not counting them out. Yeah, one of those would be... uh, the circumstances would be that infamous, uh, equipment truck fire. That was pretty ridiculous. That's just weird. <laughs> that's one of those phenomenons they talk about 20 years from now just because it was weird. I mean, that's weird. But stuff like that just shouldn't happen. Especially conveniently when the wild run a hot streak. It's like they were so hot the truck burned. Whoa, no. Yeah, something stupid like that. That's where you get some kind of goofy comment in there. Um, just, uh, overall frustrating game. As mentioned, yeah, there really isn't all that much news to cover. I'm going to check in on the uh, Houston Arrows as well, or I did check in on the Houston Arrows as well, keeping up a bit with them. going to give you some more of an update as that as well after the final game review, which happened last night. And now here's the game of the week in a bad way. Tuesday the 9th, March 9th, 2010. This game sucked. Yet it had all the makings of a nice comfortable happy confident boosting little home victory for the wild it did it had all the makings of it because the wild took a three took a one nothing lead right away with their leader miko koivu on the power play i mean the wild get a power play really early in the game it was like oh here we go and then to see us capitalize on it it's like yeah i think we're gonna win this one everything's gonna be okay we're gonna win this is gonna be really cool Seven minutes later, the quirkiest player on the team was called up again, Robbie Earl with the sixth goal of the year. And, yeah, by the way, he's still ahead of James Shepard in that category because Shepard hasn't scored a goal since, I don't know, November 1st. That's about what it's been. It's, like, against the rules with him. Um, another quirky goal, but this actually looked a little more skill. This one looked pretty good. There was a little more skill involved with in this one. Some of the others were like... Kind of like bounce off the leg, bounce off this guy's chest, bounce off the goalie's back. Which actually, that's good. But just saying, kind of quirky. Not, you know, he's a fourth line guy. Uh, he gets, he's kind of been up and down, up and down, up and down from Houston. But yeah, six goals on the year for for Robbie Earl in very limited time. Uh, pretty cool. And yeah, he always seems to get those important little ones. And with wild up two nothing, you know you think the Wild have a chance to win this game in a big way, that Florida's, they're, they're just not, they're not going to come back and win this game. But they did. They did, that's the best part, because Florida just started playing some really aggressive hockey. Uh, they were pretty aggressive, actually, the whole night. Even in that first period, they got 12 shots on goal to the Wild's four. Yeah, four. Nine shots on goal to the Wild's three in the second period. That was absolutely boring. No scoring, of course, in that second period. Just a lot of very boring back and forth. Uh, Baxter making really, really nice saves. And you think, yeah, you know, he might pull out a shutout in this game. I think he probably will because Baxter's been playing great. I mean, I couldn't stop tweeting about that when I I was watching the game. Looked really good. It, It really did. It was, uh, good stuff. But as I continue here very slowly, (laughs) as it got so bad during the second and third period that the fans started chanting, boring, boring. I mean, that's pretty aggressive when your home crowd starts saying that. Yeah, that's how boring the game got. Very, very fun stuff. I was talking about, Yep, Backstrom's holding on to the shutout. This is really cool. Yeah, so much for that. Just two minutes into the period. Michael Froelich, who'll be the game, who'll be the player of the game in the end. Just absolutely burned Nicholas Backham, just absolutely burned him. Very good play. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately for us, just it was a very good play. And although it's a two to one game, though we figure, oh, we're fine. Let's just get one more goal and put this thing away. But the puck was in our zone the entire third period. It's kind of hard to put a game away when the puck's not in the, uh, you know, when you're never on the other side. Kinda tough. And also, the Florida Panthers played with immense discipline in this game. The only power play the Wild had in the whole game was that very one. Three minutes into the game. Power play goal. They scored on it, which is great. And the the good news is, too, the Wild's penalty kill was good. The Flames are uh, flames. The the Panthers were 0 for 4 in the power play. But, um, still, they put, the Wild put no pressure on Thomas Volcun. None. No treasure on Vokun whatsoever. Um, other than a couple of nice little plays in the, in the first period. Yeah, four shots on goal. That was the most aggressive the Wild were in the whole game. Other than their impressive two shots on goal in five minutes in the overtime. That was fun to watch too. No, not really. Um, and then Corey Stillman, the former uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, with an even better play than Frolex. he uh, forced a turnover. Exploded, him and Reinpreck back and forth, put that puck in there, backs him, there was nothing he could do, it was just like a pinball, back and forth, just flat beat him, tied the game up halfway through the third period, the Wild put up no fight whatsoever, as mentioned about a hundred times, Florida managed to get ten shots on goal, Backstrom at least got us into overtime. He thought, okay, we're going to be fine. Hopefully something will work out. Well, at least, maybe we'll at least win a shootout this time because we lost to Edmonton. Maybe we, are, you know, maybe we learned from that, I guess, somehow. Well, not much really, uh, changed in this. The wild couldn't score once and, uh, Martin Havlat's attempt was pretty weak, by the way. I might as well mention that. Uh, it was a uh, pretty weak. He started, he was approaching. The goalie started to make a move, but then he made too much of a move, and it was too late. You, it's not like you can turn around and start over. Just a, just an ugly, terrible play. Kind of, He's starting to remind me of Brian Ralston a little bit on these uh, shootouts, by the way. Very ineffective shootout. The Wild couldn't score, and Corey Stillman, there's, there it is again. Just like in the previous game, another guy like that uh, made things interesting for Edmonton. In this case, Corey Stillman for Florida. He was the one that buried it. A veteran, a Stanley Cup champion with Tampa Bay, a very big factor with that team, staying in Florida, <laughs> and uh, Florida Panthers escape with a victory, just ridiculous, a home loss to the Florida Panthers, and I do like those uh, new uniforms, by the way, very cool, or third jerseys or whatever they are, they're very cool, actually, I always thought Florida had some of the most boring uniforms in the NHL, but they're starting to get better, and kind of like it, but that was about the most uh, interesting part of the entire game, just Not much I really want to say. Other than that. Nick Schultz they controlled the play the whole night. It's frustrating. It's desperation time for this time of year, and we came up short. Yeah, the Ryds' previous low for shots on goal at home was 13 against Vancouver, October 14th, 05. Yeah. Ridiculous. Uh, Florida won their third straight game. They're starting to play a little better over there in the Eastern Conference. And it was their first victory against the Wild since February seventh, two 2001. Oh, my God. That's over nine years ago. That was before 9-11, folks. That's a long time ago. Um, couldn't have come at a better time, huh? At least for Florida. Unbelievable. The Wild had won their previous seven games over Florida, outscoring the Panthers 30-11. to Frolic knew though that he could that he could sneak one, uh, that if they got at least one pass backstrom, the streak might end. And yeah, Frolic's comment is we said in the room, the first one the first one's going to be a key. When we score the first one, we can go forward and they can go back. That's what they did. Well, and yeah, that's just common sense. It's like you catch one fish, you can catch more, you know. It's uh that's pretty much a cliche really right there. That's that's not really anything special. You get one goal, and yeah, now nah, then you start having more confidence to score another. Um, whatever. How about getting uh, more than nine shots in goal and regulation on the wild side anyway? Uh, I'm glad that Florida was able to get one through, Mm-hmm. at least in their case. <laughs> and boy, oh boy, did that make a difference. It sure did. I mean, that that's how it goes. Just BS. BS game for the wild. So let's move on very quickly here might be getting a little long, and I apologize, but then again, it's a, there's no news, so I'll just go deeper and deeper into detail, <laughs> uh, and yeah, it's just, it's a very, this is a very opinionated show for me today, because I'm awfully frustrated with uh, what took place, so now another just an absolute, absolute whitewashing, wild go ahead to Detroit, I don't see the first period because I'm getting home from dinner, right, just going, getting home from or not getting home from dinner, I was working on some stuff. I'm sorry, missed the first period. Really frustrated myself that I missed it. But well, and the best part is the game was over. That was the whole game. I turned it on and it's like three not three to one Detroit. Are you kidding? Yeah, three to one Detroit. Mm-hmm. Just uh, absolutely spectacular. Three to one. And the best part of the whole thing is it was 3-nothing just halfway through the first period. The only guy that could rescue the Wild from uh being down 3 to 3 to 3 to nothing, Andrew Abbott, 11 seconds. Yeah, Andrew Abbott saves the Wild. The fourth uh, the, the fourth liner again rescues the Wild. With his seventh goal of the year actually. He's he's been good in the limited time he gets to play, of course with so that concussion junction issue with him a while back. Um yeah, 11 seconds remaining in the first period. Andrew Ebbett gives the Wild a teeny tiny bit of hope, but forget about it. Watching the rest of the game, Detroit just pretty much dominated the Wild the whole way. The Wild only mustered 22 shots on a goal. I guess a team that really isn't known for defense, they're known for offense. And uh, yeah, their offense looked pretty good. Detroit Red Wings look like a team that could be ready to make a run. I mean, this was a statement game by the Detroit Red Wings. You, you Minnesota Wild, you think you're going to make the playoffs over us? You think you're going to make the playoffs over us? We've been to the Stanley Cup Finals the last two years. We've won five Stanley Cups in the last, uh excuse me, four Stanley Cups. <laughs> Thinking about the Yankees for some reason. We've won four Stanley Cups since 97, punks. Get out of our way. And, of course, there's nobody left on from that team other than uh Osgood, if he's still there, I believe. Yeah, yeah, he is. They haven't cut him yet After since Jimmy Howard's playing pretty good. Um, Now, Backstrom could not play. It's like, it's Josh Harding again. I mean, every time the Wild play the Detroit Red Wings, it's Josh Harding. I always get a kick out of that. And it's generally not a very fun game to watch. It's just, yeah, the Wild are playing almost exactly like they did earlier in the year. Only they're getting less shots on goal. At least earlier in the year, the Wild were getting shots on goal. Um, So it's like an even worse version of how poorly the Wild played... To start off the season. Ah, uh, it's... Wow, it's just weird, man. The defense is bad, the goaltending all of a sudden is not good at all. I mean, Josh Harding got absolutely destroyed. He's finally back from all that hip injury issue. Welcome back, Josh. You know, hope, hope you feel better. Now you get to go into Detroit against this team that's ready to, like, teach us a lesson. I mean, they got to call them the Detroit Waverns. They're like a bunch of dragons out there burning the wild. Um just destroyed him. That's pretty much what this game was. So speaking about coming out and smacking people and all that good stuff, uh, Kyle Brodziak's comment is, of course, one of the better players on the Wild. I actually like him quite a bit, Kyle Brodziak. They came out and smacked us early, jumped out to 3-0 lead. Such a good team to try and come back on. Yeah, you're screwed. You're screwed. You're not going to beat Detroit when you're down 3 to three to nothing. And Jimmy Howard has been pretty good against the Wild in the few times if he's gotten a play against him. Chris Osgood was not too good against the Wild. It would have been nice to see him in the net. That would have been pretty cool. Yeah, Jimmy Howard, he's no star, but he's better than Osgood at this point. Um, Very, very frustrating. So does this mean the Wild are going to get shut out by uh, Roberto Luongo now instead of giving up, instead of getting five goals on him for like a third straight game? Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> or six or whatever. it's. Yeah, five. But uh, Clave was comment is they're digging for the puck, going in there with speed. And we were going the other way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, That's about it. As mentioned, yep, Backstrom did not play because of the groin. He's day-to-day, as mentioned by head coach Todd Richards. So that'll end the depressing game reviews. We'll just call it a segment. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back to talk a little bit about the wild farm system. We're back here on Brave the Wild, episode number 42, which is a reminder for iPod users and uh, other MP3 users along the Microsoft Zoom and stuff. So we'll move forward. We're going to also get into, like, the NHL standings and such as well. Um, that'll be to close out the show, to talk a little bit about the pl- uh, potential playoffs and where the Wilds stand in that. Yeah, not too good. The good news is that Danny Ehrman continues to show a promise in Houston. Yeah. What? Yep, nope, nope, I'm not, I'm not, uh, that did not come out, I mean that did come out, I did say that, that wasn't, uh, I didn't have too much to drink or anything, I I really said it, yeah, Danny Ehrman's actually playing pretty good in Houston right now, Uh, he's he's stepped up a bit, he's scoring goals, he's getting assists, he's starting to show more of an all-around offensive game, That's also why the Wild finally called him up earlier in the year for, oh, like a game, (laughs) Peter Kalis also called up for a game sent right back down for Robbie Earl. Got to love that. He played one game for the wild. Peter Kalis, who only has 15 points in 53 games. It's not exactly like he's tearing it up. Danny Ehrman's doing about twice as good. Actually, um, he's Danny Ehrman's starting to show signs that just maybe he's starting to figure it out. Cody Allman continuing to show some promise as well. 18 points in 42 games, by the way, Danny Ehrman, 28 points in 62 games. Um, I like the promise of uh, guys like Almond and Ehrman right now, but the bad news is everybody above Ehrman is not really one of the, <laughs> is not really a major farm system. They're more just Houston Arrows, if you know what I'm saying. They're not draft picks. They're undrafted players. They're players that were draft picks for other teams in the past, and they're on the Wilds uh, farm system. Maxim Noro Norio has led the Wild in scoring all year, but he's pretty much just a career minor leaguer. Still a fairly young guy, though, so there's always a chance that you never know. Maybe he will crack the NHL roster, but if he was gone out the Wild, would have called him up. So I think they see what I see, just a career minor leaguer, unfortunately. But uh, maybe someday you never know. Uh, that's pretty much it, really. I mean, Colton Gillies is kind of... He's about he's about, uh, he's about what he's been all year. I and mean, he's, you know, not not much to get excited with, man. There's not much to get excited about with Colton Gillies. Not showing much promise, to be honest. Not super negative either, but, yeah, the farm system is just, it's as bare as always. Uh, nobody's really starting to show signs like they're making a move forward other than Danny Ehrman. I'm encouraged from what I'm seeing out of him, finally. Finally, a little bit of something coming out of Danny Ehrman, so there's your quick, brief Houston Arrows update, so now we'll get to the actual NHL standings, yep, as mentioned, the Wild now, yep, they're still in the 12th seed, but they're tied with 13th, Anaheim Ducks with 68 points, the Wild still two games above 500, believe it or not, 31-29, and 29. Uh, the goals differential, the Wild are... <laughs> are a minus 12. It's just that's not been good pretty much all year. I don't think they'll ever be a plus in that category. Uh, San Jose and Chicago continuing to duke it out way at the top. But Calgary and Detroit, that is going to be really interesting to watch in Nashville. It, it, it's a log jam. 77 points for Nashville, 77 for Calgary, and 76 for Detroit. All of them playing fairly good right now. Like Calgary's starting to figure it out. They're finally starting to figure it out. Um, I, I listened to Calgary Puck Radio today. I was quite impressed with, uh, or, yeah, I mean, they're quite impressed with some of the weird trades that took place. A lot of people wondering, what the hell are the Flames doing? They traded away Dion Phanouf to Toronto. What, what for? For a bunch of decent players, like a bunch of Kyle Brodziaks and, uh, you know, guys like that. Guy, you know, guys like that. <laughs> Chuck Kobusu types, well, they're better than that, but you get the idea. Yeah, it was just a. It was definitely a good chemistry move. Apparently, Calgary is just playing a completely different game right now. They're much more organized. They're more in tune. They're in sync, and uh, they have a chance to make a run. Detroit is Detroit. They still have all their major pieces that won the cup two years ago and was uh, one goal away from a cup last year. It's the Pittsburgh Penguins both years, by the way. Uh, But their goal differential is still. Quite alarming, because they've had a lot of games, or they've given up a lot of goals. (laughs) They've had some ugly games, despite the fact they're nine games above 500. they They're a minus one for the year. Can you believe that? That's strange. That's strange to me. Nashville is 10 games above 500, and they're a minus seven. (laughs) Some of that stuff is just, it's crazy to see. It really is. Oh, and by the way, (laughs) 48-year-old Chris Chelios, donning an Atlanta Thrashers jersey. A home debut for the Atlanta Thrashers. He's finally back from that injury that sidelined him way back at the beginning of the year. 48 years old. Can you believe that Chris Chelios, yes, the same guy that you watched, some of you 30-year-olds out there, that wide that you watched when you were 12, 13, 9, maybe younger, he's still playing. Yeah, he's still playing. Maybe you were six years old. Yeah. When he was, yeah, Montreal. I was seven years old when they won the cup in, uh, 86. That, that's weird. <laughs> He's still playing. Yeah. It's one of those amazing, amazing things. That'd be like Brian Bellow still playing or something or Dino Cicerelli, uh, Cicerelli, excuse me. That's about, it's about that weird. It's, and it's really cool. Actually, um, very impressed with that. Thought I definitely got to get that. got, I got to talk about that. I mean, it's, It's amazing, but it's even weirder, though, to see him in an Atlanta Thrashers jersey. Atlanta Thrashers? Hmm. Okay, they're one of the worst defensive teams in in the league. They've been that since they started playing. They've never changed. Atlanta. Hmm. All right. Well, good luck with that one. I would think he'd be on a team like Ottawa or Pittsburgh. Well, maybe not Pittsburgh, but who knows? Detroit, still on Detroit, maybe. That's where he was for, like, forever. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, it's interesting. Yeah, he was on the roster last year with Detroit, of course, but not in the active playoff roster, unfortunately. <sighs> it's interesting, but, yeah, as you can see, the Wild in big trouble. And there's been a tell. Yeah, the Wild are, yeah, nine points out. There's been a tell that if you're just five to seven points out at the start of March, you're pretty much screwed. Um, this was a comment by Lou Nanny not that long ago. It's it's a lot harder to make up that type of uh, deficit than it may seem. I mean, five points, you think, oh, big deal, It's just like a three-game winning streak. Yeah, but the other team has to lose all three. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, those are good teams ahead of you. Regardless if you want to say that or not, Calgary's 10 games above 500, like I mentioned. 10 games above 500. Detroit's 9 games above 500. We are... Two games above 500. That's a big gap. Big gap. So, that's why the Wild are screwed. There's almost no chance they make the postseason. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but I can't see it any other way right now. I gotta give you the honest facts. I'm not, this is not the Minnesota Wild podcast. This is Brave the Wild. Okay? Not employed by the Wild, and even if I was, (laughs) I'd have a really hard time sugarcoating. Or preaching to the choir, you know, so to speak, you know. It's just, I can't do that. Even though I just might be preaching to the choir by giving you this honest approach. Because a lot of you knowledgeable Minnesota hockey fans, you know, you you are seeing it for yourself. So, going to get to the contact details now, as mentioned. Remember, twitter.com forward slash brave the wild. Twitter.com forward slash brave the wild. Give me a follow on that. Uh, as mentioned earlier, Brave the Wild available on thesportstuff.com and iTunes, so there's a phone line on thesportstuff.com. It is 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail, so do treat it as such. Do mention you're calling in for Brave the Wild. Do your statement, shout-out, question, comment, whatever it is. Talk about the postseason Call me nuts, say the Wild are going to make a hot run to the... <laughs> yeah, I don't think anybody's going to do that, but maybe somebody out there believes that. Hey, show me what you're seeing that I'm not. So, Or show me, tell me, I guess, tell me. And then maybe send me a YouTube video or something. No, um, I just, I don't see it, folks. There's almost no chance, folks. There's no chance. It's not even the record. The Wild give be three points out. It's the way they're playing. It looks like crap. So, just thought I'd make that comment yet again. Do join the message boards on the sports stuff.com. There's a button in the upper right-hand corner that says TSS boards. Simply click on that, and then you'll see a small link that says register. Click on that and uh create your screen name, whatever it is. Make it have it make sense. Like have it be something that's legible and not just a bunch of jumbled letters and numbers so it does not appear like spam. And you can join the message boards, talk some hockey with me and others. I am Paladino Joey on there. there's Matt Kennedy, there's Chris Porter, lots of there's hockey fans on there. Do join um during the NHL section, Minnesota Wild section. We can talk about stuff. I'll even put up some polls. I haven't been doing that lately, but I will get back to that. Um, would appreciate it very much if you were to call in and register. Call into the phone lines and also register on thesportstuff.com. Would appreciate it very much. So we're gonna call it a show. Other than that, real quick, before I go though, upcoming schedule while well, the Wild play Buffalo tonight, that's going to be tough. The Wild always have a hard time against St. Louis. That'll be on Sunday. And then it's a home game for Edmonton. They had better win that one. And uh, that's on Tuesday, of course, and a road game against Nashville. So those are the games that will most likely be reviewed next Friday. I mean, 99% chance if I do the show on Friday. Um, Wild also play against, at Columbus anyway, on next Friday the 19th. So, That is the upcoming schedule. Not looking good. (laughs) Buffalo's a tough match. St. Louis is always hard on us. I don't know what the deal is with that. Shucks, we lost to Edmonton twice this year, which I can't believe. And we have a road game against Nashville. So we'll see. Hopefully something good comes out of it. But I'm not seeing it personally myself. So thanks again for listening. We will get back to you next Friday. Do take care. Have a good weekend. And go wild. (laughs) (laughs) Gracias. <laughs>